Good morning, Joy Church. How are you doing today? Man, you are a good-looking bunch. Good to see all of you this morning. Our beloved pastors, Jake and Bethany, are preaching at uh, Rock Point Church in Newburgh. And uh, we miss them, but you get the privilege this morning. Well, hopefully it's a privilege uh, to listen to myself. Um, I'm happy to be here. Hey, I heard... Oh, thank you. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I heard there was a football game going on today, so I'm hoping to see some amazing home runs and hopefully some three-pointers. <laughs> I think I said... <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think I said... Um, uh, last service, the, the uh, we're excited about the Super Bowl because it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm excited for a Super Bowl of salsa with a super bag of chips, and that's what well, I'm going to be enjoying this afternoon. But I hope you enjoy. Uh, hope you enjoy the Super Bowl Sunday today. Uh, there's something. Uh, there's another event coming in a couple weeks, and this is just a friendly reminder to all the gentlemen of the house. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Husbands, you're welcome. Men, I am here to help you out. I went ahead and Googled what to get your wife from Valentine's Day since I'm new at this marriage thing and I thought, you know, I want to get this right. Uh, the first website listed a long list of mostly cosmetics and perfume. And that concerned me a little bit because the last thing that I want to be uh, seen to be saying to my wife is, please smell and look better. So. <laughs> I went ahead and uh, made a list of other things not to get your wife for Valentine's Day. Obviously, it doesn't pertain to everybody. Don't get your wife these things for Valentine's Day. Workout programs. <laughs> Clothes that are too small. <clears throat> Botox gift cards. <laughs> Did I have gift cards for that? Okay. Uh, Clothes that are too big. Um, don't get your wife diet programs or uh, a long vacation for one person. <laughs> uh, let's just be honest. Women don't have it easy in most areas, but this is one area where it actually is easy. Your husband only wants one thing for Valentine's Day, which is uh, for you to start a dinner conversation about the latest organ recruit, especially me. I hope that, the, I hope that on Valentine's you talk about football. Uh, with me because I just love me some football. Woohoo! Or is it? I don't know. <laughs> I always thought it was funny because they call it a ball, but it's really more like an egg. You know what I'm saying? It's not, can you really call this a, a ball? Anyways, enough with that. Um, I'm, an, I'm a terrible gift giver. Let's just be honest. And uh, my family's here. Where's my family at? My parents. Oh, I love you guys. Best looking bunch besides Melody. Um, Awesome to have you here. Uh, but I'm not a great person to get gifts for, and they would be able to tell you this. Just ask about that one Christmas, and they will tell you about that one Christmas. Um, I'm not a great gift giver. I'm not a great gift receiver. Don't let that deter you, though. Uh, some people do have uh, the gift of gift giving, though, and I experienced this um, to a whole nother level this last Christmas. I got to have two Christmases because uh, when you get married, you got two families. So, uh, so I had Christmas with my parents and I had Christmas at the West house. And at the West house, you walk into their living room on Christmas day and you might expect to see um, a tree with, uh, with a pile of presents beneath it. But this is more like a, a pile of presents and the tree was buried in it. Uh, there were separate mountains of, of presents 
multiple mountains, one for each person. And so uh, Christmas, I got to just uh, unwrap gift after a gift of exactly what my heart desired. And uh, it was all because of the amazing gift giving expertise of Jerry West. She is one amazing gift giver. And uh, yes, let's give Jerry West a hand. Embarrass her a little bit. Um, so R and Jerry are just amazing people, especially because they let me marry their daughter. So I don't know why they did that, but I'm really grateful for that. <clears throat> Some people are great at giving gifts. I'm not. But whether I have the gift of gift giving, I want to be a generous person. Is anyone with me? Yeah. Want to be a generous person. And you don't have to raise your hand. I honestly don't blame you because being generous means you give stuff away. I hope you know that you realize that when you said it. But I want to I be the kind of person that when I'm around other people, they get better or they get more or they, I have less and they have more. It's how Jesus lived. I want to live that way. And today we'll be talking about some very generous people. It's my privilege today to be introducing our Philippians series. Uh, We had an awesome video there. And just for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the book of Philippians, one of the best books in the Bible, because it's got a lot of amazing stuff in there. And it's four chapters long. So you can read it uh, all in one sitting and feel real spiritual. Uh, But honestly, uh, lean into this series, you guys. It's going to be amazing. Follow along with us. We want to encourage you to read through the book of Philippians one time every week. Oh, whole book of the Bible rather at the end of the week, after your four chapters, uh, you can say, I read a whole book of the Bible. I read a whole book this week. There, that's a good thing to say. Um, But I really encourage you to lean in. We have a resource available to you. Uh, We have little Philippians journals available at the next table for $4. It has the book of Philippians in it and a space to journal. And honestly, there's something that happens when we dig into the word of God and don't just don't just read it, but we dig into it and think about what, how does this apply to my life? And, uh, and what does this mean for what's going on in, in my life? And how can I take this word and, um, and live it? And honestly, it's some kind of magic. But when you read the, the, the scripture and, and write it down, when it gets all the way through your mind, back onto pen uh, or pencil or back onto your phone screen, um, there's something powerful that happens uh, when we begin to read the scripture and journal about. So I really encourage you to pick one up. They're $4 at the next table. Um, we have a limited amount. If they sell out, they are $6 on Amazon. So you can find them anywhere on Amazon, $6, uh, but we got them for you for four. So definitely get one of those. And um, we're actually not going to be reading any scripture from the book of Philippians today, uh, but uh, there's a lot of scripture that Paul, the apostle that planted the church in Philippi, writes about the Philippians. And he, he starts his book of Philippians basically by exploding in joy. He's like, hey, you guys, I love you so much. I'm so happy to be writing you. And it's just so obvious that when Paul thinks about this church, the church in Philippi, his heart overflows with joy. And we're going to talk about uh, why in a minute. The the church of Philippi, Paul planted on one of his missionary journeys. So Paul um, has an amazing encounter with Jesus. He used to live uh, being a really religious person and persecuting Christians, Um, uh, really an anti-Jesus person. And God revealed himself to Paul, and then he called Paul to preach the gospel. So Paul went around uh, all these different places that never heard the gospel, sharing the good news about Jesus. And Philippi was one of those 
one of those towns that he stopped and started a church. And so the book of Philippians is Paul is writing a letter to his church. He's actually in prison. And I'm sure Jake will talk about this next week. Uh, Paul's in prison when he's writing the church in Philippi. Um, and uh, he is just so happy uh, to, to be writing them because when he thinks about them, they're, they're just amazing people. So we're going to look at, at what made the, the Church of Philippi so amazing. So let's turn, I guess, turn. That's a, you got to have a like an analog Bible to turn. There we go. Woo, woo. Uh, I used to love, actually, the book of Philippians, I think, was my favorite at one point, just because you could say, let's flip to Philippians. But everybody has got their phones now, and it's all scrolling. So let's scroll to 2 Corinthians. Second uh, Corinthians 8, 1 through 9. First one, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, okay? He says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Macedonia is the region where Philippi is located. He says, They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. The church in Philippi was really heavily uh, persecuted by, um, by the government there. They're being tested by many, many troubles, and they're poor, very poor. But they're also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers of Jerusalem. So Paul was raising money for the poor believers in Jerusalem and the poor believers in Philippi just kept begging to, to give more and more. Verse five, they even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. And then a little later on in verse nine, he says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. And if there's two words this morning that could be used to describe the people of Philippi, it would be joyful and it would be generous. And before we go any further, I just want to tell you this morning that you are created by a joyful and generous God to live a joyful and generous life. And it's really easy. Thank you. Thanks. It's really easy to want to separate these concepts uh, because oftentimes joyful to me means having what I want and being generous means giving away what I have. So how can I live both joyfully and generously? And the church in Philippi did live this way. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the joyful life is the generous life. And it's not just because giving stuff away feels good. It's true. It does feel good. But it's because of the generosity of heaven that was poured out in Jesus Christ and the joy that God wants to work in your life is so much more powerful than any good feeling that you could get by doing any good deed or giving anything away. So much so that when you encounter and when you live in the joy of knowing Jesus, you won't be able to stop the overflow of generosity in your own life. Can I get an amen this morning? Woo! So then the question is, how do we live like the Philippians? How do we live a, a joyful and generous life? It sounds difficult. Last month, I issued a challenge to myself as a musician and a music producer. I decided I'm going to write and record a song every day in the month of January. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I, but I took this challenge on myself, and although I would love to write a beautiful symphony, 
every day in order to actually accomplish uh, this songwriting and get and and be able to do the normal life stuff I have to do. I had to set my sights lower. I couldn't write. I couldn't write. Um, a, a symphony every day. I had to set my sights lower in order to accomplish a challenge. But in the area of joy and generosity and in every area of life that God calls us to, God doesn't want us to set our sights lower. We often set our sights lower because what we what we see ahead of us, uh, we believe that we can't do. And we're right. We can't do it in our own strength. But God has given us everything we need to live the life that he's called us to live. I'm going to say that again this morning. God has given you everything you need to live the life that he's called you to do. God calls us to joy and God calls us to generosity, but he doesn't call us those things, call us to those things without giving us the Holy Spirit, without enabling us to live the way that he's called us to live. So how do we live a life of joy and generosity? Let's look at um, Acts 16. Uh, six through ten. The the fr- I'm going to give you three keys this morning. Okay, the first is to understand that God chose you. How to live a life of joy, of joy and generosity. Key number one: understand that God has chosen you. Uh, in Acts 16, um, this is the story of before the church in Philippi even existed, and uh, Paul and Silas are are preaching the gospel. So verse six: Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. I love these city names. This is great. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So Paul, uh, so instead they went on to, through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. So Paul has been, he's trying to preach the gospel over here. Holy Spirit says, stop. Um, he's trying to go over here. Holy Spirit has another closed door. And sometimes we experience that in life, and it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense in the moment. But we'll read a little later on. Every closed door of God is to get you to the place where he wants you to be so that he can bless you and so he, that, he, that he can use you to be a blessing to other people. Verse 9, that night Paul had a vision. Other translations say a dream. Uh, in that vision, a man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him. Maybe this was somebody from the city of Philippi. He said, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. God specifically chose the Philippians and he stopped Paul from going to other regions uh, to preach the gospel first. He directed him to the city of Philippi because he he chose the people of of Philippi uh, to to know him and kind of like bumpers on a bowling lane. Paul was like, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding. It's so fun playing with bumpers, isn't it? Definitely feel a lot better about yourself about bowling. Bowling's one of my least favorite activities, uh, mostly because I'm very bad at it. Um, but hallelujah for bumpers. Come on, anybody love bumpers? You could roll that thing sideways. Sometimes it's that's the most fun way to do it. You just sideways and go dig, 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 all the way down um, until it knocks over uh, or goes, I don't know. Has anyone got a gutter ball and, and um, when the bumpers were up? Christian, my brother. <laughs> I think I've seen someone throw it over. Okay, anyways, um, 
God chose the Philippians and uh, God wants you to know this morning that he's chosen you. And maybe this morning you feel like you've been bumped around a little bit and you don't, maybe no, you don't even know why you're here. Maybe you thought this was a movie called Joy Church. Maybe you came to Spider-Man a little too early, um, but God, God chose you and he has you here today because he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you to live the life that he's called you to live, a, a, a life of fullness and, uh, and he's brought you just to this place for you to know just that he's chosen you. <clears throat> so the first key to living a, a life of joy and generosity is to know that God has chosen you. The second key is to find joy in the generosity of heaven. Before we can get anything from a place of joy, sorry, before we can give anything from a place of joy, we first have to receive the incredible gift that was given to us in Jesus Christ. I think as a Christian, a lot of times it's easy to think, okay, I'm a Christian, so I got to give up all this stuff, and I got to live this way, and I got to produce this kind of righteous fruit in my life. And yes, that's true. God calls us to live righteously, but he doesn't do that without giving us his Holy Spirit. And and, uh, the, the call that God has on each of our lives is in response to the, the gift that he's given us. And so uh, the first thing that God wants you to do isn't to try to work as hard as you can uh, to, to get to a place of joy or get to a good place with God. The first thing that we have to do, and honestly, the thing that we have to do every day is just to receive the incredible gift that was given to us in Jesus Christ, to wake up and say, Jesus is enough for me. I'm, I know I'm not perfect, but I have Jesus. Jesus is enough. Second Corinthians 8, 9 Uh, going going back to it, uh, Paul writes, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, so that by his poverty, he can make you rich. Finding joy in Jesus is an everyday necessity. Who is with me? (laughs) It's great being here at Joy Church on Sunday morning. Uh, Amazing time in worship this morning, huh? It's just awesome coming in, being in the presence of God, seeing all these lovely people, but on Monday morning, I need the grace of God uh, probably 10 times more than on Sunday morning. On Monday morning, when I, when I roll out of bed and roll into my car, and my car rolls me into work, and then I roll out of my car and roll up the stairs and roll into my office desk, uh, I need the grace of God every day. And, and it's okay. It's okay to admit that. It's okay to say that. Finding joy in Jesus is an everyday necessity. But the good news is that we don't have to produce it. It's not up to us. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is given to anyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians 5.22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's a a wonderful list. It says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This sounds like everything I I lack on a regular basis. Uh, But but the Holy Spirit wants to produce that, that fruit in our lives. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. In other words, not, not a matter of rules and regulations, but it's a life of living. Uh, it's living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if you're a, a follower of Christ this morning and you're lacking joy, I just want you to know that that is not your portion as a family member of Christ. I'm not saying that, that we don't go through hard things, but I am saying that in any circumstance, you can find joy in the hope, in the hope of Christ, in the, midst, in the midst of sadness. 
in college, uh, my freshman year of college was one of the hardest times. And there wasn't even a big reason why I was mostly just facing some, some pretty bad depression. I was in college and just not super happy about, uh, even just about myself. And, uh, it was a very depressing time, but I started, uh, I started waking up and finding a quiet place just to get with God and just to get in his word a little bit and in prayer and, Honestly, the joy, even though I still battle that same stuff that I battled, the joy that God produced in my life in that season was unlike, unlike anything else. I would honestly, every day I would wake up depressed, go down, go downstairs, um, uh, find an empty room, a distraction-free environment, and I would pray for a little bit. And every day I had to do that. And then I'd, I'd uh, spend some time in God's presence and and re be reminded, oh, God loves me. God has a plan for me today. God is with me. I don't have to face the stuff that I'm facing today alone. God knows exactly what I'm going through. Even the, even the, the, the stuff that's all tangled up in my brain, God understands me because he made me. And, um, and honestly, it wasn't like I would do it one day and then I'd be good. I just had to go back every morning. And that's okay for us as, as followers of Christ. To, we need to, to remind ourselves uh, that God wants to work the fruit in our, our lives. So it's our job to get into, uh, to, to just let him do that by setting aside time, by getting in devotions, by getting in uh, the word and getting in prayer. And Paul and Silas, the, the ones who planted this church, knew this very well while they were trying to, while they were trying to speak the gospel in the city of Philippi, um, they were thrown in prison. And if I was in prison for doing something that God wanted me to do, I'd probably be pretty bummed out at God. But instead, uh, but instead they were, it says they were singing songs, singing uh, God's praises. And it's because they understood that that joy comes only from the Holy Spirit. They understood that they could have nothing else uh, and still have everything by having Jesus. And I want to live that kind of life where through in hard circumstances, I, my response is always just to sing of how good God is and to let that be enough for me. Find joy in the generosity of heaven. The third key to living a joyful and generous life is to let your joy overflow in generous living. It's easy to get this one mixed around. I'm going to let my generous living propel me into joy. But no, God wants you to know that he's given, he's given himself to you. And it starts with just receiving Jesus. Let your joy overflow. The joy of knowing Christ overflow in generous living. And you don't even have to have any, any possessions to be able to have something amazing to give. If you have absolutely nothing and you have Jesus, then you have everything and you have something amazing to give. You have the hope for the world. You have, you have a life, an amazing life to offer people in Christ. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 2, uh, Paul writes again to the Corinthians. He says, they're being tested by many troubles and they're very poor but they're also filled with abundant joy. Well, these kind of seem contradictory a little bit, but Paul writes, they're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. And the people of Philippi were so generous with Paul that Paul was in prison when he's writing this, and the church in Philippi actually had sent him quite a bit of money uh, because if he didn't have money, then he couldn't eat. So they, would, they actually supported Paul um, in there even when they were in need. 
And they were able to do this with such cheerful and joyful hearts because they understood that they were given so much more than they could ever give away. And that's us this morning. It kind of reminds me of um, last year when I asked Melody to marry me. I like drove up to a city and went to uh, a shiny rock store and uh, handed over a wad of cash for a nice rock. And um, I had never so cheerfully uh, given away <laughs> so much money. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely cheerful. Um, <laughs> But it was, it was easy. Honestly, it felt, it was so easy because the joy that I had in knowing Melody was so much greater than any amount of money that I could ever, ever spend on anything. And that's how it was for the people in Philippi. And that's how it ought to be for us in our lives with Christ, that our joy in knowing Christ should overflow in generous living, that we would wake up and understand uh, the gift that I have is worth more than anything that I could hold on to in this life. So I don't need to hold on to anything, actually. Um, we're called as Christians to live like Jesus did, to be generous like the kingdom of heaven was generous. Jesus poured his life out and we're called to pour ours out but not to earn a place with God, but because of all that God has done for us. Matthew 10, verse 8, this is Jesus to his disciples. He says, hey guys, heal the sick. He's, sen he's sending them out. He's sending them out to preach the good news. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And that's us this morning. Freely you have received, freely give. Living a generous life is easy when you have a clear picture of what Christ has done for you. And uh, just like a, a mirror kind of gets smudged and fogged up, it's easy to have a, this picture of what Christ has done for us get distorted or smudged. Maybe sometimes I wake up and think, I'm not, I'm not doing a very good job. God, you're, you're probably not happy with me. I don't have much to give today. Well, that's a wrong picture of what Christ has done. Another wrong picture is I'm working so hard. I'm working so hard. I'm trying to do all this stuff. And uh, where's the joy, God? Where is it? Well, God wanted you to know that you didn't need to do any of that stuff to earn his joy, to earn his favor. He wants to give that to you first. And so to clear up this picture of Christ, we got to we got to get in his word. We got to get in devotions. There's an amazing book. Uh, we don't talk about it too much. Uh, it's called Rocket Feel. And if it's, uh, if, if it's your second time back here at Joy Church and you've uh, put in one of those um, welcome home cards, we actually give this book to you. But if not, uh, it's super cheap at the next table. And it just says how, it's basically a book on how to, uh, how to build a relationship with God, how to clear that, how to have a clear picture of what Christ has done for you and how to live a relationship with God. But <clears throat> I'm just going to give you a few practical steps for, for getting a clear picture of Christ. Because this is a problem. Almost, this is where almost all my problems come from, of not seeing things correctly. Number one is just to read his word. So dig into this series. Grab the book of Philippians. Read through it one time this week. Read through it again this week. When we get in the word, we see who God is and who we are clearly. The second way is to get in a, get in a joy group. We have these amazing joy groups that happen every single day. No, actually, I don't know if that's true, but they happen every week. Uh, they happen every week. Melody and I have one. We absolutely love it. And uh, just getting together with other normal people who have regular good days and regular bad days and, and taking a journey with Christ with other people uh, really does amazing things to help us get things in perspective. 
maybe you're not seeing, seeing yourself correctly this morning and, and you don't, you maybe think I have nothing to give or, or I don't know what Christ has for me or what I could contribute. Uh, but to get a clear picture of yourself, we have this amazing uh, thing called Next Track. And if you haven't been through Next Track, I really encourage you just jump in. You can jump in every week. It's a four week journey of just discovering who you are, who God has made you, who, you've got, who you are in Christ and your unique spiritual gifts. And, and finally, just understand that when we get a smudged up picture of God, <clears throat> God's not mad at us. He just wants us to get a clear picture of him. And he wants to help us to do that. So there's three keys to living a life of joy and generosity. Number one, understand that God chose you. Two, find your joy in the generosity of heaven. And three, let your joy overflow in generous living. Let's be like the Philippians. Come on. Let's lean into this series this month. There's a lot of good stuff uh, Paul has to say to the church in Philippi. So I really encourage you, tune in, grab a journal from the next table. We'll pay for it. You know, don't just grab it. But... uh, (laughs) Or if you're not going to do that, then read it and, and journal on your own. But let's lean into this, this series. This morning, if you haven't received the gift of Jesus and you want it, maybe like bumpers on a bowling lane, you, have, uh, you feel like you've been bounced all around and God just wants to know that, he, that he's chosen you. He wants you to know that he wants a relationship with you, that the life that, that you've been living without the hope of God isn't the life you were intended to live. You're intended to live a life of joy and generosity, but a life and a life uh, of fullness. And, and uh, I think one translation says, uh, or one verse says, richness. And God wants to make your life rich, not, in the, not necessarily in the sense of money, but rich in the, in the things that are actually fulfilling. And we're created to be fulfilled by a relationship with God. And he wants to give that to you this morning. We could never earn our way to God, but God made a way for us. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So this morning, could everyone just bow their head and close our eyes? And if that's you this morning and you want to make this decision for the first time to, to give your life to Jesus, Would you just pray this prayer with me? And we can pray it together. Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. I have lived my life for myself. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me. To save me. I believe your sacrifice is enough for me. I give my life to you. Help me to live for you every day. I love you and thank you. Amen.